Good morning. You're listening to 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and TheSyncBook.com, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day. I am William Morgan, and today I'm joined, as always, by Douglas Bowles. This is episode 83, and it is the seventh day of May. Thanks, Will. Hope everyone is doing well. Today on the program, we continue our filmmaking thread and retouch our apocalypse theme a bit by having the pleasure of meeting Louis Lefebvre. Mr. Lefebvre is responsible for last year's amazing iPad Goat 2 and is the founder and creator director, creative director of Heliofont, an independent computer animation studio focused on creating experimental and challenging content that explores the common ground underlying many spiritual and philosophical traditions in a lyrical form. More information about the studio can be found at heliofont.com. Mr. Lefebvre has been working in animation since 1998 and is credited with animating Dr. Sid in the movie Final Fantasy The Spirit Within and working in the animation and rigging departments for Weta on the Lord of the Rings The Two Towers film. Thank you so much for coming on. It's really wonderful to meet and have you today. Thanks very much for having me. You bet. This is, this is really a treat because um, the the... The iPad Goat 2 made such a splash when it came out. Um, can we start with the enigmatic title? Uh, why 2 and why I? You know, is, is this this symmetrical thing that you were playing with? Um, yeah, I guess it was uh, I, for many reasons. Uh, obviously, it refers to the My Pet Goat title, or the the real the real title was The Pet Goat that. Uh-huh. Uh, Bush was reading on September 11th, and um, then it became My Pet Goat online, you know, it kind of morphed, <laughs> and then, uh, so originally I had thought I'll just do My Pet Goat 2, but then eventually I changed it to I Pet Goat 2. Um, one of the reasons actually is I just didn't want any copyright issues to come up, and so I just, you know, changed it completely. Um, and also, I just kind of liked the way it referred to, you know, me, the viewer, I'm the one that's the pet goat. And also, the I kind of felt like a one, you know, it's like one in Roman numerals. So it was like a one pet goat, two pet right. goat, three pet goat. Right. So it just felt like, yeah, you know, like we're constantly getting these false flag attacks. And, um, Obviously, there'll be more in the future, so that's kind of what the title is referring to, more false flags. Well, I think I read that part of this is your own individual spiritual journey inside, and so I was thinking that maybe the I speaks to that a little bit, too. Is that uh, correct? Yeah, I... I <laughs> not not more so than what I just said. I think yeah. it's just uh, yeah. I'm referring to myself and my own journey as well, and uh, my waking up to the you know the the kind of matrix reality we live in, and um, so yeah, in that regard, yeah. Now this particular film has been picked to pieces by symbol literate individuals. Um, some of these are way out there some of them are you can tell some academic was was behind it so I wonder how many of these you've seen and 
if you've seen any of them at all, and and what do you think about them? Uh, yeah, I've I've uh, seen quite you know some <laughs> for for a while. I you know in the beginning I was kind of interested in knowing what people thought of it. Obviously, you know it was my first film, and uh, kind of just went to YouTube and checked out the comments and everything. But the first ones I saw were immediately focusing on you know it's Antichrist and I'm a Illuminati agent, obviously, because how can <laughs> make such a film without massive funding and um, so it kind of really turned me off and I thought you know I just kind of st stuck to Vimeo <laughs> where you kind of see good positive feedback <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and kind of just um, stopped you know looking at the comments especially like for example that I did an interview with Alex Jones and, yeah. you know, if you look at the comments on that uh, video, it's 95% negative. Um, you know, everyone seems to think I'm some evil Satanist. Um, so, yeah, it kind of turned me off. And I thought, you know, but I, I, I can understand where they're coming from. You know, they don't know me. They don't know. Right. I just kind of came out of left field. Um, but Well, I no. mean, you're 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 engaging you're engaging a certain community by putting as much symbolism in it as you did because that's undeniable i mean you were playing with symbolism right yeah obviously yeah 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 um yeah so in a way i can understand because also it goes right to the heart of pe people's belief systems and uh, so you know we we cherish those really uh, deeply and and you know when something challenges our belief systems uh, it's kind of hard to let go sometimes and so yeah so for I, the record I, it's it's I, not the antichrist it's, right it, for the record it's not the antichrist that's christ yeah for me that's what it is but i can kind of understand where people are coming from and in a way i can kind of see what they're saying because it's just a symbol so we can kind of invest in it what we want um, and right. in a way, for me, the Christ energy or the Christ um, consciousness is open to all, to you know, to the negative and the positive. Whereas the the negative only wants one polarity, but the the Christ is consciousness is open to all layers within the self and that includes the negative so you know i don't know if that's clear but um <laughs> it's as clear as anybody can make it man yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh okay let's talk about uh emma lily um if you don't mind yeah Do you, so some people have said that there were predictive qualities to the film how do you feel about that, the interpretation? Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I mean, because uh, like I wrote on my um, website recently, I have a clue section. Um, the the little girl, I for a long time I wondered, you know, why am I putting this little blonde girl in there? I don't, I mean, that's not September 11th. I should be putting, you know, um, black children in there because that's 
you know, the children that were there that day. And so I was wondering, why, why do I keep seeing this little blonde girl? And plus, she was a little younger than the average age of the uh, children on 911 in the classroom. So I wondered about that for a long time. And I thought, well, I, you know, I just need to put it down because that's what I'm seeing. So I did. And, you know, a lot of diff other things, you know, like the Psalm 23 that I put on the, right. on, on the wall ends up, it was, you know, it was one of the prayers that was read at the funeral, the national funeral for the Sandy Hook victims. And uh, also the, there was a kind of a viral video done by Christians uh, around Sandy Hook to... Um, memorialize the children and they and they read psalm 23 it's on youtube so you know yeah i, I definitely think that i saw some things in art 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 typical forms you know i saw images and I so didn't know, i didn't know it was going to be sandy hook i had no idea i didn't i, I well, had a feeling the film was about a lot of it would be about the you know future events but i didn't realize that the classroom scene was about future events i had no idea in the in the obama you well actually it's both in bush and obama classroom there's a map on the back wall that has pins stuck in it and yeah. you know what i'm talking about so the there's one in oklahoma there's one in louisiana there's one out in the gulf and there's one that looks like or has been interpreted as connecticut was that meant to be new york or no that's new york that's that's not Connecticut. That that was nine one one for me. Okay, of course. Yeah, I put the pin on New York. I didn't put a pin on Connecticut. So, so that's an interesting thing. Our feature of the film is that the the details are just so rich that I I don't think if you're an individual just watching the film the first time they're going to necessarily see these things, but they definitely see them and take them in. And so it's really highly symbolic, the language that's going on. But um, I, <laughs> it's just so fascinating to me, you know, all the different little graffiti things that you have in the background that read, you know, that speak toward the the the, the narrative on, that you. <laughs> you can do this, buddy. You've got Oz on the wall. You've got an owl above that map. You've got a shark and a house on fire. The brain is split with the lightning bolts. Um, Don't forget the penis ejaculating, man. Yes, yes. Or pissing. <laughs> but the goat, you know, like, so just to establish the whole space, you've got your, your goat in a prison, and it's snowing with, uh, like, a dog catcher and a, and a snarling dog on his actual cage so i'm just curious about your process as far as do, is this really intentional when you're putting these things in or do you just kind of go with it and then figure out you know what these things mean after the fact yeah it was it was the, the latter i was mostly um uh doing it from a very visceral place and um just kind of getting a lot of symbolism and just kind of putting it out there and and i was just seeing it you know like for example the apple i think the best example of that is the apple where i just kind of put this apple in there and i had i wondered what that meant exactly especially in the beginning i was 
I was kind of confused. What, okay, so what does this mean? And uh, But I didn't want to try to rationalize it too much, you know. I just kind of wanted to do... I Go with it. Wanted, yeah. And so I, I, I put it down and then... Um, but actually the, the whole animatic, the whole story in a very rough 3D form, I kind of did in, in a very short time. So... Um, so the apple would have come up very early on and I just kind of put it in there and I didn't really understand all the implications of what the apple and then the lotus springing out of the apple meant. Right. But... Well, it rolls over, what is that? It's like a C7 or something is where it splits or yeah. something? Well, actually, that's funny that you mentioned that because um, I've noticed that people, it's one of the things that, the, that people have really, really focused on and for me, it was just because that, that whole um, composition lacked brush strokes, you know, because I have <laughs> yeah, seriously. And that's kind of the reason I put it in there was just kind of a visual thing because I have this style that I developed with, you know, brush strokes and, and the characters and everything. And so I found that 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 um, shot was kind of lacking and so I put uh, brush strokes in there and people have just it's like one of the things that people focus so much on is what does that mean you know and um, it just brings it into art I mean it just makes it makes it stamps it as a, a work of art I guess you could say yeah I guess um, um, it's 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 like the whole process for me was about kind of reaching a visual equilibrium and so each shot i would just kind of try to balance it out and if i sometimes i would add symbols in there and uh it's not working visually it's it, it doesn't doesn't feel right you know and it would just go with that feeling well Let's eliminate this uh, symbol, and then something else, you know, would come come up, and I would put that in, and then it's like, oh yeah, that works much better, you know. So it's kind of like that, and so it felt really like a, a more of a right brain process than a um, left brain trying to just figure it all out and what does it mean exactly. And early on, I realized, you know, well, it's going to mean different things to different people, you know, obviously. Well, now, I read that you started this in 2005, and then the interesting thing to me is that, um, I mean, it really speaks to the 2012, December 21st moment. I'm just wondering when the film came out, and then what were you seeing back in 2005, you know, and how, tell us about the process a little bit. So the December 21, you're talking about um, are you talking about Sandy Hook or no? No, uh, so there's Terrence McKenna's Time Waves. Oh, zero. you're talking about uh, you're talking about the the the, End of the yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I did the film. I don't know. I've always felt. <laughs> I was always always felt like yeah, we're we're obviously humanity's coming to a certain point. Uh, even when I was really young, I always felt like this is not going to go on very long. There's something's going to give at some point, you know? And, um, so I, I could feel that, that 
urgency coming up around that time, you know, even earlier. But um, and so when I started, I, I wanted to do a short film. I was kind of tired of, of working for others and felt like oh, I want to express something. And I tried to work on on different uh, stories that I, you know, and I was always avoiding this this one this story because I knew it would be uncomfortable. And uh, and part of me just didn't want to go there. You know, I had so many fears myself about uh, going there, you know, with the, the Christ energy and all that. That's that's a big thing <laughs> right. to handle. So I, I avoided it, you know, for a while. And then it just kept coming up, kept coming up. And um, so in 2005, I, I started, it was mostly 2005, I'd say, I started with some of the characters. Uh, the, the Christ character was, had come up a lot, so I, I started doing the Christ character, and uh, also the the egg, um, the egghead guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I started doing him, and uh, but then in two, I think by two thousand six, uh, the, the just the story came out. That's when I did the animatic, and I think it was two thousand. Yeah, it must have been two thousand six. So I did the the whole story was already just as pretty much as it is now. I mean, what's changed now is mostly uh, or or later on what changed is I added insert shots, you know, because the because of the music and the the pacing and all that. But basically, the whole film was pretty much laid out in two thousand six. The including like the the end shot with the, the the Christ looking at the sun and. And, the pyramids um, crumbling. Yeah, the pyramid uh, pyramid crumbling would have would I've done that in the beginning. Yeah, that was really a, an idea that came up right at the beginning. Uh, like the the I'd say some of the meteorites maybe that came a little later, and the and the uh, as as a as a kind of a a rationale for why the the, the pyramids would be crumbling. I kind of added the, the the meteorites, but that that turned out to be pretty interesting as well, you know, as far as what happened in Russia and uh, in in Cuba. It seems oh very, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's that's a good point. Yeah, it seems that's like nutty. Some, some big ones coming in <laughs> recently. But, <laughs> but I uh, yeah, the film was. Uh, in response to your question, Douglas, about when it was released, it was the um, uh, June, late June, two thousand twelve. Okay, that, yeah, it's earlier than than I realized because it seemed like that it really started exploding in my mind around uh, the holiday season, and in this kind of gear up towards December twenty first, the end of the world. Right. We've kind of we've kind of led you with some of our questions, so we're going to have to do better on that. I don't think this is going to hold up in a court of law. You still might be Illuminati. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you guys, so, do you guys think I'm Illuminati? Or do no, you no. We, we deal with this all the time, but you know, anybody who's interested in this, we want to give both sides of the, the situation because it's hard to get out of that mindset. You get into this sort of almost religious dogmatism about you know 
don't I think it's it's naive. This is where I'm arriving is that if you hold those opinions that someone is controlling everything, it's just your your belief that you want someone in charge. So let's ask our guest then, Louis. What yeah. does Madam Q, the whole Madam Q thing, what is this all about? You got a hand coming out of heaven that dang near grapples a penis-like tower that has Madam Q in it. Yeah, well, um, it's like, I don't want to, one of the things about the film is I've, I've kind of been reluctant to explain things too much because... <laughs> Because then it just, you know, okay, then people just put it in the box and that's, oh, okay, that's fine, you know? Right. And, uh, and then they don't make the intellectual effort and then it, it's just kind of settled in their mind and they don't have to explore it further. Uh, and I think a lot, and, and since I don't have the one answer and a lot of people have come up with a lot of interesting ideas of what it means what the film means to them you know what it triggered in them i don't know what it triggers for everyone you know i know it has a lot of trigger points um in the film as symbols you know important symbols tend to do they trigger things uh so i i don't know what it triggers for everyone obviously that scene is about sexual energy yes uh and it has to do with, you know, repression and also indulgence. Like the, the, the old woman in the tower can represent that energy of, for example, the, you know, the people in church that are like always looking down and, and, and checking everyone out, making sure everything's like nice and tidy and, and according to their belief systems and, and uh, fits in little boxes, you know, it can be that. Or maybe she's a, she's a, a whore, you know, and maybe she's looking for sex everywhere and she's into really indult, you know, has an indulgent mind. So it can represent the repressive side of us, but it can also represent the indulgent side, side of us. And I think both those polarities can be uh, a trap of the mind um, away from our heart center. And so, in the end, what happens is that, you know, she's in this dingy, very um, kind of culpability, like shameful place because it's dark and, and it's dingy and, and, and she's looking down and everything like that. And then towards the end, we have, and she's casting light because she's in the, the, the tower, right? And she's casting light around with her, um, her the, the tower, the, uh, the lighthouse, basically. Right, right. She's looking around, and she's the one. In, she thinks she's got the light. She thinks she's in control. And then basically a light from above actually comes and illuminates her and her situation, and it just inundates her. And then, and then she looks up, you know, and she's looking down in the beginning. She's looking down, and in the end, she looks up towards the light. And I think that's the whole scene for me is about, you know, virginity. What is it to be virginal? Is it a physical thing or is it a state of mind? And I think that's what the, the, that speaks to. In the end, she looks up and that's the important part, you know, that she looks up she, she, or she, you know, she looks inward towards 
God towards her spirit. And that's where she finds virginity. Whether she has sex, you know, 30 times a week or she's um, chaste, it doesn't matter. Virginity is a spiritual. So thing. she is the virgin then. And then the next scene that you see is the Christ emerging. It's like the water breaking. Oh, it's interesting. I never thought of it though. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, see, it's an association I never made. But, so yeah. on your on your website, you say the main story is about the crumbling away of the hierarchical world based on control and oppression, and the rising up of spiritual man awake to his divine nature, free yeah. of intermediaries, fire in his eyes. Um, there's an interesting mirroring I notice with the Christ figure and the you know, the controlling snake where the Christ figure has the the pyramid and the all-seeing eye or the illuminated eye on his forehead, whereas the the snake, the controlling matrix snake, has a, you know, the pyramid, the dollar bill pyramid on his beard. And then, <laughs> and then um, unpacking heliophant a little bit, it seems like that saying sun speaking, the, you know, illumination. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just I'm just curious. I'm still kind of pounding away at this. Do you think something happened on December 21st? Have we gone through something and that your your whole movie speaks to the dissolution of you know stable forms that we're used to? Are we in a new terrain at this point or is this still coming? Hmm. Um I think this is still coming. I think we've been in a process for for a little bit now, but I don't think I I didn't get a real big sense that anything particular had changed on the twenty first personally. Um, I'd be I'd be willing to listen to arguments in in that you know in favor of that, but <laughs> uh, I I personally didn't feel a big shift. I felt like there, we've been in a shift for a while, and it's just been getting more and more in tense um and but i think the big shift is going to happen when the the economic system collapses that's when most people are just going to wake up you know they're just going to go oh my god now it's actually affecting me (laughs) so um i think that's when when and then obviously the powers that be are going to want to like just distract us from that so obviously there's going to be like some major wars and terrorism and internet terrorism and we have to shut down the internet and this kind of thing and um, we might be very very close to that I don't know Um, so yeah I think that that will certainly be seen as a you know bigger threshold than December 21st personally that's how I view it so what do you suggest for those of us who are going to be on the front line? Suggest for, for what to do? Yeah. Uh, you know, come up when it comes up. We might be surprised that, um, you know, the network that we've been building for a while might just spring into action, you know? And uh, we'll find, I think, I think everything will quicken at that time, you know, and what you're talking about, synchronicity, which seems to be what your show is about, 
Oh, yes. Um, I think things will become a lot more synchronistic very quickly. No, there'll be a quickening. That's what I, the sense I get. Well, see, we as synchromystics know, or even the ones of us who are into synchronicity, there's a direct relationship to synchronicity and symbols. And so your video, in a way, syncs for people because whatever type of, let's say they're having a lot of Apple syncs, you know, they don't know why this Apple keeps coming up and then they see your film that it will automatically grab their attention. In addition, like your film has relationships to other things that use the the Apple symbol automatically, like just off the top of my head, like Twilight. It, why is there that Apple in the you know the poster of Twilight when it is uh, an anchor for such a, a big generation? That's why a lot of people, I, I, I guess, probably think that your relationship to MK Ultra and stuff, or you being the Illuminati, comes to is because. A lot of the things that they've pinpointed on the Illuminati as being Illuminati symbolism are in your film as well, so it kind of sinks for them. But once you you know dabble in making fiction yourself, you realize that there's a lot of things that you didn't intend, that there was no, and so we begin to realize that symbolism is used through us through this common like unconscious that we have. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of that, uh, I think. Symbolism resides in that uh, right brain, you know, and it's um, it's something that's much more direct than language, and um, and it, I think symbolism unifies the brain in a way, you know, because it goes directly to something that we know, and we know it more deeply than words, and so it cuts across languages and, and, and belief systems. And so it melds things. I think it, it, it tends to like mesh things together. And I think that's why a lot of people are afraid of it because they've been compartmentalized in their belief systems. And symbolism makes everything bleed one into the other. And it's terrifying because you lose your sense of self. But... yeah. In a way, you're, you, you, you go deeper. You go deeper into yourself, into something more. Um, as long as you, you, you're aware of it, I think you can go into something very blissful, you know? Because you go something, somewhere deeper into spirit. I think the Illuminati or, or you know, the, the powers that be or the people that... that, that obviously use these symbols in a very negative way. I think they're very aware of this and the power that lies in symbolism. And uh, so they use it to, to, in its, you know, opposite, to try to, and, and to, to, to get us to fear it so that we don't explore it. And so we, a whole part of us is kind of cloistered off, you know, and we don't, and so it's just part of that compartmentalization that they love to do in us, divide us, always divide everyone inwardly, outwardly, in communities, and they just love the division thing. So 
that's part of it. The programming of don't look at symbols, you know. We control the symbols. We have the power. The Lily character on the checkerboard floor with... I always recognize the exit sign in the back. Were those things that things that you intentionally put there? Um, I'm not they, sure. I, I'm clear about what you mean. What, what, what the, uh, the exit sign, the exit in the back, what is it that you got out of that? Well, because that floor is checkerboard, it speaks really, it's a dynamic symbol. And so some people are going to say, oh, this is the Masonic tracing board, blah, blah, blah. But then also the checkerboard kind of speaks to the gamey nature of life. But then this exit door is there. We're always looking so, for the exit, Doug. Right. Everyone's looking for the exit. <laughs> But it's it's this this contrast of the the white and then the red apple, but then the exit sign is also kind of this little red beacon there in the back, and I just it lights up when the lights go out. Yeah. yeah. But you're not you're not asking anything, Doug. You're kind of just stating. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a beautiful video, and it's just it's 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 I'm it's dazzling. If... I mean, it's a little bit hypnotic, but I can. I would take the the comment that you're Illuminati as a compliment because it's so beautiful. It's like there's no way even if you're not Illuminati, I'm sure you're enlightening a, a quite a few people out there. So with the exit door has this movie opened doors for you or is it too challenging to people with a normal consciousness? Has that, it been a positive thing or a negative thing do you think as far as what the feedback? Uh, oh, this film, I mean, overwhelmingly a positive thing. I mean, just just for my own journey, I, I'd say like even before the release, it was just it was a, you know we're always with ourselves really you know, and uh, it was a just a kind of plowing through all my fears and inhibitions and you know will people like me and and oh what are they going to think uh is it sacrilegious you know all those questions that people thrust on me or those uh, negative qualities i had those same doubts you know uh, is this is this uh negatively inspired is it demonically inspired i i had those fears you know i i grew up as a catholic and i think i needed to to uh kind of uh a catharsis to get rid of a lot of the stuff that I had, you know, absorbed. And so overwhelmingly, this has been a positive experience. It's, you know, allowed me to grow through a lot of my fears and, and put a lot of them behind. So, uh, and as far as what others, um, you know, in the world and how others, uh, the impact on my relationships and all that, I'd say it's uh, been good again for the same reasons. It's basically, I don't, I can stand up more courageously now for what I think, and I don't, I don't. It's not that important anymore what people think. You know, obviously it still kind of smarts if you if you see all always negative comments, but there there have been a lot of great comments too. You know, so a lot of people keep telling me, you know, it's a wonderful piece of art. It's 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 just one of the most incredible pieces of art they've ever seen. You know, things like that. You, you, obviously, you got to say, well, you know, obviously it's not all negative. <laughs> but as far as uh, opening doors for, for things, 
it hasn't really opened up many doors, I'd have to say. I think I think it's, you know, too... This film cost me a lot of money. You know, I, I sold my house. And um, wow. people think it's all, you know, because it's very expensive. People that understand the amount of work and, you know, for all those special effects and everything know that it's a lot of money. So I, I can understand that people think, well, you know, you needed to get funding. Actually, I didn't get any funding. I didn't... I asked... Uh, different, you know, in Canada, there's a lot of government agencies that give funding for films and stuff like that. And, you know, none of them gave me any money. And it's just, it's been kind of like that afterwards as well. Like, um, I think most people, it's just too intense for them. They don't want to go there. It's just... Right. It's still blocked. Yeah. So what are you focused on now? Well, I've been um, uh, I have I've been working on some ideas and stuff um, for other shorts. I have several ideas, and uh, also for some future films and stuff. So I'm I'm working a little bit on that, but it hasn't been. I've also I bought a house recently. <laughs> uh, I got a you know a bit of an inheritance, and um, after I had spent all my money. <laughs> And uh, so I bought another house, and now I'm renovating it, and um, hoping to set up a little studio, uh, you know, in the basement, and uh, working on that, just uh, getting things ready for the next leg. We'll see what happens. I, I what have can no idea. what can people do to help? Um, well, obviously, you know, if they want to donate something, that's that's great, you know. Um, Oh yeah, there is a donate link on the Heliofont website. Uh, uh, yeah, so we'll see. But it would be great if I could find, you know, producers that were willing to to invest in something, you know. But we'll we'll see what happens, you know. Maybe um, I think it would be probably easier if I had a full feature film project, and so that's why I'm I'm working on some some different ideas and hopefully something will come up, you know, and I'll be able to get funding. I mean, definitely the, the, the viral success of it, I'm sure will help at some point, you know, I'll be able to point to this project and say, Hey, uh, look, you know, we had uh, a lot of people and it created a, a buzz and we got, um, a lot of people were interested. So we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> How do you suggest people educate themselves on st stuff like art and, and and symbolism? What are the things that have inspired you? Um, how 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 they should? Uh, I I guess. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I never. I don't know. I, I, Who have I, been your teachers? Oh, well, I've been interested in many different philosophies and religions. You know, I, I, I was always interested in, in um, putting an end to my suffering, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, when I was a kid, I was uh, brought up as a Catholic, as I said, and 
um, I, I really, really loved the story of Jesus, you know. So I, I never, this film is not a, slan a you know, slanderous against Jesus. It's not. It's, it's, it's trying to maybe correct some of the, um, the problems I see in religion and in Christianity as opposed to what the message of Jesus as I see it is. And also, I, um, and then I, it was very helpful as well. I went into Eastern philosophies, and I find Eastern philosophies, um, you know, they're not as, uh, I find sometimes Christianity in that is a little too superficial. They just don't, they just stop at a certain point, and they don't go deeper, whereas uh, some of the Eastern philosophies have, better modes of self-inquiry and you know meditation and, and very practical things so um uh, that was very helpful as well so you know just follow what you love and and uh look look out for the signs that where you need to go and and uh yeah just have an open mind to all these symbols and uh, you know and as your show points out all these synchronistic things in life because they're everywhere and you can and and you need to find them in your own life and just connect with that that kind of sense of of uh, awe and, and synchronicity and, and that everything is divinely happening you know so well we are coming to the end of our 42 minutes um, Thank you. You've been listening to Louis Lefebvre on 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and thesyncbook.com. More information about the work of Mr. Lefebvre and Heliofont can be found at heliofont.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests, to check out past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com slash 42 minutes. If you like what you hear and would like to support the show, by all means, follow the link on the website to the donation page. Thank you all, and have a wonderful Tuesday. And thanks, Louis. Thank you. This was great. Thank you very much. I had a great time. Thanks. Good, good. Wonderful. Um, and we, the movie was beautiful. Yes. You are a, a hierophant. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we appreciate it. Anything else you do in the future, please contact us and let us know about it. Great, thanks very much. I'll I'll, I'll um, put you on my Facebook page as soon as this is finished. So wonderful. Thank yeah. you. All right. Bye bye now. Well, send yeah. me the link. You oh, bet. Yeah. As soon yeah. as it's up, we'll get back in contact with you. Thank you. All right. Bye, sir. Yeah. You take care. Bye bye. <laughs>